Welcome to episode 157 of the Left Behind Game Club. This week, we play Tacoma. Let's get right into it. You're listening to the Left Behind Game Club. Left Behind Game Club, our never-ending attempt to make sure that no game is left behind. I'm your host, Shane McCord, and I have two friends with me today. The first friend, you know him, you love him. His name is Mike Ruffalo. I'm excited to talk about a very cool walking simulator. Let's go into space with my second friend, Katie Lesbrance. Sure, I'll come to space. Is anyone yeah. going to try and kill me, though? Because if someone's going to try uh, and no, kill me. No, this is not Dead Space. This oh, is not Dead Space. Is it? You're not Isaac Clark. We'll see. Nope. I would not uh, we'll be see. here if this was Dead Space. I'm too, too much of a scary cat. Even this so was a little bit scare. It? Even this game Ooh. had a little bit of scare for me. Ooh. Well, hey, before we get into the game, uh, just two quick announcements. If you love this show, do us a favor. Uh, follow it on your podcasting platform of choice. Join our Discord at leftbehindgame.club slash Discord. And an announcement, our podcast is now available on Amazon Music. So uh, check it out there if you love to listen to music on Amazon. Let's get into the game. Let's talk about Tacoma. Uh, developed and published by Fulbright. This one came out in 2017. It's available on everything. We're going to start with our fast pitch. It is the section of the show where I give you our one-sentence description of the game. Y'all, one sentence on Tacoma. Who wants to go first? Oh, I have one. Yep. I actually have one. It is a detective sci-fi peeping Tom simulator. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Love it. Ooh. Is it peeping Major Tom? <laughs> oh, that's Sorry. good. Oh, I, so I like I that. that. Normally, Jacob, you know, normally I cringe a little bit sometimes, but that was real good. I love that one. <laughs> Thank um, you. You're up. You're up next. Then uh, I'm going to be very lazy, and I'm going to call this "Gone Home in Space." <laughs> Boo! <laughs> or or, or or everybody else has gone home. <laughs> that's quite good, actually. Thank you. Uh, so mine will not be as good. I, I will say it is an interactive stage play in space. Nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Makes sense. So help me understand where Tacoma starts. Yeah. Where does and Tacoma don't say start? space. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. I think the, the, the immediate setup in Tacoma is you're a technician being sent aboard a space station effectively. Um, to retrieve the AI core or to, to do your technician duties after everybody who's been on the station was evacuated. And I alluded to being a little bit afraid at the beginning of this game because you get you get like launched into space, onto the space station, you get ferried right into it, and then you you're in this like pretty magnificent moment where you're kind of just like floating around. From like in the like main section of the of the space station, and it feels super cool because you're at the center of like the gyroscope thing where the gravity, you know, isn't there. And to me, I was like, something's gonna pop out of any corner, which was the exact feeling I had in Gone Home, where I felt like there's just danger around every corner until you get, you know, spoilers until the end. Yeah, until you get like comfy with what the game is, because at the at start, just like with Gone Home, I didn't really know exactly what I was getting into. And you're and it's very quiet and eerie. And yes, you're waiting for the first thing to happen and you don't know what's going to happen. So that just that 
uneasiness sets in where, yeah, you're first exploring and then you kind of, you learn what's, what's what. We've played Gone Home on the podcast, so uh, obviously this is the first. That's the first game from Fulbright. This is the second game. They both had that very like scary ambiance where like it could be a horror game. Like someone could mod both Tacoma and Gone Home to be horror games if they really wanted to. I didn't really um, feel it with Tacoma. I didn't. I didn't really no. have any scares. But I know what you mean with Gone Home, and I understand why yeah. you felt that way. But yeah. I just, I think it's just like the lighting and everything. It was a lot brighter and everything's um, very clean and like modern and it's not dark like it was yes. in Gone Home where you're walking I'm around you. and turning the lights on. I was like, oh, I don't like it. But this one, no, everything was just bright, colorful and like, and you immediately start getting the story. So I, I didn't get, I didn't get, get the scaries, the scary In counts. the way that Gone Home screws with you by giving the like kind of horror lighting and like real mm-hmm. tension with it. I And then you find out it's actually nothing. This one, I thought they were doing the flip of it where it's <laughs> going to make kind of make you feel like everything's all right. And then there's just going to be something that eats you from behind. Uh, because <laughs> I, you know, at the beginning, you don't know why everybody's been evacuated or at least yes. I didn't clue into that part of the story. Um, so yeah, it, at least at first I was a little bit, oh, what what is going on here? especially when you get that little bit of context, like, oh, there's a mistake. There's something that went wrong on this station. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, is this the, like, the pastel version of Dead Space? Um, <laughs> but no, thankfully, thankfully it was not. And I, I was able to, like, relax and really enjoy the rest of my experience with it. Mm. Yeah. My immediate thought was, is this 2001 a space odyssey, but more pastel colored? That's good. It, it, yeah. 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 Oh, you know what? That makes a lot of sense, too, because that had an AI. Yes, it did. Hey. Um, and I, I think the major difference, aside from the setting um, for this game versus Gone Home, is this one you're interacting a lot more to me with the setting. Whereas Gone Home, mm-hmm. you're walking around, you're exploring, you're finding things and reading things. But this one, you are finding basically, you have like a, a, um, uh, a AR uh, like yep. HUD. Where mm-hmm. as you're walking around, you'll stumble upon like these scenes, like you said, like a play where it's like, mm-hmm. oh, something happened here. You can watch it and you can kind of fast forward and rewind and play through sections um, of these people who are on the space station, whether from three months ago or from two days ago, um, while things are happening. And you can kind of follow along their conversations and their interactions with each other and then, and then you have to like kind of rewind and then follow this other person who walked into the other room and follow what they went to go do. Um, so you kind of have to explore the, the scene from like maybe three different perspectives and follow them around the room. And I like that. I like Which that I it was loved. more interactive than, Same. than Gone Home. It. it was so nice. So cool. Yeah, I, I think that like Gone Home, like you said, environmental storytelling, pick up object, read letter, whereas like the, the central... Uh, conceit here is that you're walking around as these characters have conversations and what's great is you move around the environment with them so like they might be all together in six first it'll be a two minute scene right and you'll get to rewind and fast forward however you like and then you know everyone will be talking and then everyone will split up and there'll be three different conversations so you have to watch that that conversation together then go through the environment and like at some points even environments, parts of the environment are locked off. So you have to like find the piece to unlock every piece of the environment. Then you have to listen to every single conversation. And then beyond that, there's a, you know, everyone's got desktop AR desktops that they have where you can read their correspondence or at least some of it. 
um, or like even here if they're talking to someone on the phone, who they're talking to and what the context is for that. So a little different than Gone Home, but like you guys, I loved it. I loved it. Yeah. So let's talk structure. And, and well, yeah. you know, obviously, like many of our shows, spoilers, right? This is a story-based yes. game. We're going to spoil it all. Welcome um, to the spoiler zone. Yeah. The structure of this game is you move from section to section of the ship. And when you get to the section, you plug in your little like futuristic notebook and it downloads the AI from that section. But while it's downloading, you have to go and experience all of the story that takes place within it. And it's essentially three sections, right? Yes. It's three sections split into, in most cases, two smaller sections. Yeah. And that the story that you end up experiencing is why all of these all of these people um, had to escape and get off of this. Uh, is it the space station Tacoma? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so a couple things that I just wanted to highlight that I loved. I loved how like in this future, everybody had like these new governments, like new countries yeah. and yeah. Uh, like odd like racial combinations like it was like a very english first name with like a you know very like indian subcontinent last name um it was just like all over the place um and i thought it was super cool uh, that uh that this future was just like oh yeah like everybody's just a hodgepodge of everything yeah for a two-hour game there is a lot of background laid in there um, and thoughtfulness put into everyone's background, everyone's like occupation and their family and their relationships with their mother and like their relationships with each other. And yeah, for such a short game, there's so much thought put into all that stuff too of like this future world and what what it is like. So much world building. Yeah. I love alternate histories like Man in the High Castle or Wolfenstein where like they hypothesize a world where like an event happens that actually shifts the way the world ends up and so you know this game being in 2088 and like corporations own everything but it also seems that you know it's weird the corporations they selected we know that this vessel is like essentially a um, some sort of like leisure or hospitality vessel uh, or at least some of the characters have ties to hospitality from their past because some of the companies that are brought up are like Amazon Carnival Hilton in like those real companies are brought up in the game and you're working for the Venturis Corporation. And I, I don't want to get into it, but surprise, this game is about unions. <laughs> it's it's about unions and it's about labor and yeah, and corporations uh, taking advantage of people. Mm hmm. Yeah, subcontractor my subcontractor my butt. Yeah, basically. Also, amazing futuristic UI and UX. Mm. I love this futuristic UI and UX. Like walking up to the desks and just like interacting with things. Uh, it seemed like with your hands. I thought it was just super cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I loved that we had voice acting in this one yes. oh, as yeah. opposed to Gone Home. And the voice acting I thought was excellent. And just like the Top characterizations tier. of all the characters and like I said, their interactions with each other and how like what this character's opinion would be on their plan going forward on how to like save the station um, and their and their voice paired with that. I thought it was like perfect. Like I was like, I understand all of you and who you are. I just want to and I, I think the videos are maybe out there or some behind the scenes are out there, but 
I can just imagine that they would have recorded this on like a soundstage where like it would have truly been like theater where the six actors would have like they would have done the whole performance capture. And this is an independent small game. I know that in larger AAA games, like acting on a soundstage is not novel, but I think that like for an indie game of this scale to essentially in my mind, just picture these six characters having this really intricate dance of like separate conversations I, d- I wish I could be there to see that recording because I'm sure it was super cool. I think the one thing that we really haven't spoken about to date is like the what happens. I think we've alluded to like what happens in the end, but I think that we we haven't talked about the actual like central um, conflict that happens. Yeah. Yeah. So let's get into it. Basically what the, the oxygen tanks are either leaking or they explode or something happens with the oxygen tanks. In a nutshell. So they have limited oxygen left and they're trying to send a distress call and they can't. And they don't really know why. And they're like, well, we're no one's coming to get us. And if anyone were to come, it would be like in a week and we'd be long dead. Yep. So mm-hmm. like, what are we going to do? And some people are more um, focused on a solution. Some people are more panicking and having like mm-hmm. crisis of... Uh, of of uh, like existential crises of like I'm gonna die and like and my what about my family and what about this and um yeah everyone just kind of starts working on a solution yeah mm-hmm. it, who goes into cryo sleep or stasis yes and who gets off yeah because um, then you're using less oxygen if you're in cryo sleep so they're like we can't all be awake because yeah. we're gonna die sooner so who's gonna go in and then yes the people who early on you kind of like oh these are the kind of the leaders um, but are less technical. They're like, yeah, I'll, I'll go into cryo sleep. And then is it is it Andrew? Is it the botanist? Yeah, the who's botanist. like, who's like, you want me to go to sleep and I might be dead? Like, and I just won't wake up. Like, are you kidding me? Um, and eventually he caves and, and ends up doing it. But still, but some people are more willing, and some people are, are understandably. I'd be like, uh, so I might go to sleep, and this might be the last time. Uh, I don't know. Well, this world's version of cryo sleep. It seems like any cryosleep past like 72 hours, you may not wake, like the longer that you stay in cryosleep, the the less chance you have of waking up, which to me is not typically how we think about cryosleep in media. It's like, no, I go to sleep for 50 years. I wake up. I'm perfect. Whereas here, it's not that at all. We haven't talked about Odin, the AI is, sorry, Mike, go ahead. I was just making a joke. You find a robot named Bender and then go on adventures. Yeah. Good. 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 Do you have the Futurama theme you'd like to play? No. That's, you'll do it in post, I know. I will. Um, Odin is the only thing I was going to talk about, the AI. Um, so essentially the whole crew has access to an AI operational data interface network, Odin, and he comes into play much later. The fun thing too is there's a bunch of sub-stories that happen. I know you've alluded to like Andrew, you know, having difficulty with cryo, whatever. But even beyond that, some characters are questioning like their future um, as a subcontractor because essentially all Mm -hmm. of their contracts are about to be renewed, but they don't know whether or not they're going to be renewed for another year or not. And so a lot of characters are having existential crises about like, I need to find another job or I'm not able to get another job because I won't take culpability for something that I did in my past or like, hey, uh, two of the folks... The British guy or uh, Bert and Natalie mm-hmm. are married and they don't know if they have enough money to be off the ship or they want one more year just so they can secure their futures. So that fun, finding that out through the environment was great. Yeah. The, and oh, sorry. sorry, they all get renewed 
And they're immediately like, well, that's never happened before. A whole team has never all been renewed at the same time. And some people are suspicious of corporations and are like, hmm, why? What's the motive behind that? And some are like, that's great. Glass half full. Awesome. We all got renewed. First time for everything. And you're like, oh, but the the, the suspicious one is probably right. Usually there's something. There's something going on. Super Evil Megacorp had some something going on there behind mm-hmm. the scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, which should we should we just say what it is? Yeah. So uh, feel free to add color to this, but the the TLDR of Tacoma is that Super Evil Megacorp was making a calculated bet to uh, let these people die um, so that way they could further advance their policy goals. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Their lobbying to the government has failed so far. So they want to build basically a string of uh, space uh, vacation condos in a nutshell, (laughs) which is so ridiculous when you just say it flat out like that. But But it's so true. It it could happen. Absolutely. I loved it. When you were taking the elevator ride into different modules. Yes, and they have commercials. And you see the ads for it. Yeah. Or even on desktops, there's an ad in the corner of like, expand this ad where we tell you about space condos. So yeah, they want to build all these space condos, but there's some accord that prevents them from doing so. And they've been it's lobbying. It's called the Human Oversight Accord. Thank you. Uh, lobbying to have that taken down and they haven't been successful. So they're like, what will change public perception? Maybe if a whole team on the space station just gets wiped out. Great. So they actually do it. Not that they let them die. They essentially try to murder them. Because they make it happen. They have Odin. They tell Odin to basically shut down the oxygen and prevent them from sending out an, like a, a signal for rescue. An SOS. Which, whew. Yeah, that's, that's it's heavy. And Odin is like in some ways one of the coolest characters. Even though Odin's just an AI, um, Odin gets improved over time. One of the mm-hmm. uh, technicians on the ship works with Odin to like massively improve its quality and its intelligence. And it gets mm-hmm. to a point where it's like, I'm limited in what I'm able to tell you, but what if you looked around this corner? <laughs> or, you know, just, and basically just hypothetically, like what if, what if you did? What happened? Yeah, basically well, let's find out. from them to the solution. Um, and, and yeah, basically saved all of their lives along the way. And which, do you, is it okay if we just get to the end of this? Sure. You, right? Like, when you get to the end, you find out this whole story that Odin breadcrumbed them, so that way they could end up saving just about everyone. And when when you get out, you find out that uh, oh, Odin's actually way more intelligent than you realize. Odin's probably sentient, and you are secretly a technician uh, operating on contract to free Odin. With the with the AI Liberation Front or something like that. Yeah, yeah. that is a great way to end this game. It's it's uh-huh. like it's such a palate cleanser. It's such a like wow, this world's big. Wow, there's so much more here than uh, than what they showed. I just really want to commend like Carl Lum- Lumbly's voice. Um, he was Martian Manhunter in like the uh, Justice Un- Justice League Limited cartoons. So that's immediately where my, my mind went. And he did such a great job of conveying like w- we learn over time the breadcrumbing of like Natalie has essentially been training this AI to have a high level of independence. 
I don't remember exactly why. Maybe it was just one of her own experiments. But um, like you said, Mike, this AI doesn't allude to the fact that it's sentient, but it's very much just like winking and nodding, nodging and nudging <laughs> all along to say like, just like do this thing, okay? Okay, then you'll then you'll be fine. Just go ahead. It was like a not um, evil version of Glados. Truly, mm-hmm. honestly. And there were a lot of great vocal performances, but I think that Carl's playing uh, Odin was definitely my favorite. I agree. I will, I will get to a point where I, I, I may be the only one with this opinion in the room. But uh, before that, I agree. Odin, voice acting, fantastic. It's very thoughtful, and you can tell that he's it's very aware. And also that the characters can talk to Odin, and they each kind of have a different... Um, relationship Dynamic. with Odin yeah. and Odin kind of comforts everyone in a different way and uh, yeah it's great it's it's treated as a full character which is nice uh, I feel so the ending the ending's great love the ending yep. my issue with this game and I like this game very much but I felt like it was a very long um well made, but almost like a very long uh, demo or prequel to a another game. Like I was like, oh, there's we we've layered on so much here, and it's like, oh, and actually we're liberating Odin, and there's all this other layer, this other uh, organization, and all this stuff, and we're getting out of here, and it's done. And I was like, oh, but but there's i want i want more of this like i felt like i was going to say the game left you wanting more yes. that sounds like mission accomplished but no but where i was did not feel satisfied <laughs> where i was like ah i wish we had done some other things or what would be really cool if this was made into like an anthology piece in a series like i, think I feel that would like all we be could great. we could have yeah. different little stories within this world of different things happening and and I would be fascinated by that and if they was slowly came out every year every two years I'd be like yeah I want to hop back in that world and see what other stories you have for me but we don't have any other stories yeah your biggest gripe is that you like it so much that you want more but but I still felt like (laughs) it was not quite I don't think that I like I I don't think I, I don't adore this game I don't. But you want I, more. I, en- okay. I enjoyed my time and I liked it. But I'm not like, okay. I would not run around and tell everyone like, oh my God, you have to play Tacoma. Right. I don't feel that way. I find that most games err on the other side where there's too much padding and you are kind of tired by the time you get to the end. And mm-hmm. I appreciated that this ended with me feeling excited about the possibilities of like the Tacoma universe. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, yes. Unfortunately, this game didn't sell as well as Gone no, Home did. No, there is no expanded Tacoma yeah. universe. This is yeah. it. <laughs> unfortunately. But I love the the possibility space of it. I'd much rather have my imagination, you know, have room to go than to have it just like, you know, like if you're going to err on one side, I'd rather it err on being too short. Yep. I, I appreciate the concise story. But I felt like the ending, I felt like it was like this climax moment that didn't quite hit as much as I wanted it to. I felt like there was stories I, that were little bits with each character. I feel like we could have developed each character a little bit more. I feel like it could have been so a we, half hour to an hour longer. It would have been so like perfect. To, 
two things. I'm playing uh, Dark Pictures Anthology Devil and Me right now, which just came out. I won't spoil anything there, but that game state was double the length it should have been. There was so much padding for a, it's a six hour game. It should have been three. It would have been a great three hour game. So comparing and contrasting these games, I much like Mike, I'd rather have an experience that's two hours that is jam packed and like wants me wanting more. The end to me is something that was like, just think about all the dominoes that fell at the end. Mm. You, you realize Odin is sentient. Odin helps you figure out how to get your communication, you know, protocols back online. The competitor to the main company Venturas here, Carnival Cruise Lines, comes to save you. This is canon. Wait, this is literally what okay, Carnival, Carnival Cruise Lines. Cruise. Carnival That's Cruise really Lines funny. comes and saves you, and it's going to be this big PR thing. Okay? I completely missed then that. You go, then you go and find out. You you hear the recording of Sergio Venturi, who is the like CEO of the company, essentially recording. You know, it's it's a terrible day. We lost these people. Can I get a moment? Like, let's listen to the national anthem. And then you hear the recording of the whole recording of him going like, yeah, just like national anthem, then whatever, this is done. Thanks. Uh, and then the other piece is that his AI, once you get to the end of the game and you realize what happened, his AI's name is, um, is Juno. Juno, in your own, like, interface comes on and is like i'm in charge of this mission now you report to me you will give me the findings and only me the findings to what happened all of that happened in like a 10 minute period and it gives me chills even thinking about it yeah because there was just so much and it was so well executed because it just builds all up until that last that last point it's just really Mm -hmm. really well done Mm -hmm. I, i i know what you're saying but it's still when the credits rolled i was like oh it's it's over. I'm okay. with you, Katie, in that I'm not like. It felt a we- it was a weird saying, ending. It kind of yeah. felt like it just like was like, and we're done. I was like, oh, okay, we're done. I mean, that's I'm not in the position where I'm running to people and saying you need to play Tacoma, right? No, like playing Gone Home felt different. Like the first <laughs> time, felt different. This feels like they took a ton of learnings from Gone Home, and took it to the next level. But it's still fundamentally that same thing. So it's not as groundbreaking in the way that I felt like I ran into a lot of people and say, play, go home. Just play it. Just play it. Yeah. Gone Home was like a generational title. That was the first of many walking simulators where like even, you know, the the creators of this game had said like, hey, it came out. It didn't sell well because it came out in 17 when indie gaming was more of a, there was more indie game offerings. There was more game offerings and it sold enough for us to continue as a studio, but it just didn't sell like 2013 because like we were one of five or one of, I'm making these numbers up, one of five, one of 10. And now we're one of hundreds, probably in this day and age, one of thousands of indie games. Um, so I get it. This game is great, um, but like Gone Home is a is a masterpiece. This is a very, very, very good game. In this discussion, I think I figured out what my issue is. While this has a more has so much layered in as far as backstory and the world setting and everything going on and like character development, mm-hmm. all this stuff, it, I, I would say it has more so as far as world building a complex world building than Gone Home does. Gone mm-hmm. Home had more emotional resonance for me. Yep. Whereas, yes, all the building blocks of Tacoma are really impressive, but emotionally, I didn't get a whole, I didn't feel much emotions about it. I was like, oh, that's that's cool. That's cool. Oh, I see what they did there. 
but I didn't get any emotional resonance as much as I did with Gone Home. Anywhere near as much as I did with Gone Home. It's a love story versus space corporations, right? Yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah pretty much. One pulls out your heartstrings and one makes you think. I think Gone Home is more um, uh, relatable, I guess. I feel like people can p- take bits and pieces from Gone Home and be like, oh, yeah, like when, you're, when your parent doesn't like <laughs> approve of you and stuff. And that's in Tacoma a little bit, but not the same. I, Where I feel like I can, I can relate to most of Gone Home. I think Gone Home's easier to relate to because it's not the sci-fi future. It's not sci-fi AI corporations and, building and space corporations condos. trying to kill us. What if they just uh, shut down your oxygen tanks? Yeah. Right, yeah. Super relatable. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. I feel like we tackled the main story, right? I What I would love to know is what were your favorite little like side stories or moments that you saw come together, like the different threads? Is there one that stands out to you? Maybe I should go first. I'll go first. Yeah. Um, one that stood out to me was... Um, Andrew's um, like comms with his husband and about his son and the tension that they had going back and forth about like whether he has to be up there or not or whether he should be at home Um, and the trade-off being made to be like I am up in space away from everything I love so that way I can make money for us so that way our son can go to can go to school and the husband's response essentially being like your your son needs you here, right? Like he needs you here more than he needs you there. And I was like, oh man, like while it's not relatable in that people don't have to go to space. It's, to it's a relatable conflict kids. though. I, I yeah, see what you're it's, saying. It's a relatable concept and that like people often trade away huge chunks of their lives for their kids, but um, you know, are, aren't there when they need them the most, I guess. So that to me was like, a really cool bit. Um, the other bit, and this is more of just a general comment, the rooms. Going into each person's yeah. individual mm-hmm. room was so cool because it felt like a lived-in room and it felt like you learned so much about the person while you were there, just poking around, being a little creep. Yeah. Even in like their bathroom and what like what yes. items, what cosmetic or, or yeah. uh, uh, you know, healthcare items they have in their little bathroom. Yeah, absolutely. Or even the space cat. Mm-hmm. We love the space cat. Yeah. Is there a cat you don't love, Jacob? Uh, the answer is no. Okay, good. Just wanted to confirm. Uh, the brand has not can changed. I, uh, the brand has not changed. Can I go next? Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I love Sarah has made has matey. Um, she was my favorite character in the game, and I think for several doctor? reasons. That's the yes. doctor. Yes, yeah. the medic. Um, for several reasons. I mean, she's just trying to be buff as hell. Um, you tell that by her gym locker which like I appreciate and I loved going through like as someone who recently has become a little obsessed with his like uh, fitness and diet routine like going through everyone's lockers and seeing like what their personalized diet plans were and like looking at like space food to see how like protein rich it was I got a good kick out of that Um, and then the the second piece is that there was a lot of inner conflict um, with that character like I think that she was like a really like gave a really outwardly strong like persona to be like, I know what's always going on. Like, trust me and like used it to get Andrew to go into cryo early, but then obviously had a lot of conflict. Like that. I think it was at least once where, you know, she is by herself and she's just like, she just breaks down because of the like gravity of the decisions that she has to make. Um, 
that that like dichotomy was why I love this character the most. Even like making a call about like not putting Natalie in cryo and not telling her that, you know, if she goes in cryo, she has a higher risk of not waking up or she may die in cryo because of some condition that I don't think we we get much detail on. Like even that inner conflict um what made her I think the most interesting character out of everyone. I 100% agree with that. I like Sarah a lot. Um, and yes, those Sarah conversations. I think so. I think that was the, the person that I was most interested in when she's alone in a room talking to Odin or to herself. I was like, oh, mm-hmm. it was the most um, uh, just captivating just thoughts and just like things that she expressed. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I agree with that. I think she was my mo- the character I was most interested in. Um, to bring up another one, I liked uh Natalie and Bert just like them yep. working on the pod cuz they're cuz and Natalie is like no we can do it and her determination <laughs> of like no we're going to build this escape pod and it's going to work and we're all going to be an okay and, what sorry and her Aussie accent just like yeah, that I love just that like accent. feeds into it yes yep. i love an Aussie accent um but yeah she's super determined and she's like this is going to work and then um and uh uh Bert does she go by Bert or did I just yeah. call her yeah, Bert? yeah. okay Robert, Roberta yeah Roberta Bert. okay um she's more a little like I don't know are you sure this is gonna work are you sure we should be spending time in this and she's like no we're gonna do it I just loved her optimism and then when they're building the pod and I did not expect for the pod to explode when they try, they're like, okay, we're gonna try the thing. It, it pushed the button or flipped the switch or whatever they did, and it explodes. And I thought, I thought Bert was dead. I was like, That's oh my god, Bert's dead. Oh, this is awful. That was the most like emotional moment. I was like, oh, that's terrible. If Bert dies while they're working on the pod that Natalie wanted to build, and no, she's okay. But um, I think that was like my most, uh, as far as like dramatic moment that I was interested in. But yeah, Sarah was my more like favorite intimate moments. I want to start by, uh, there's one thing I forgot to mention, and that was how I played this game. Uh, very futuristically played it on a Steam Deck. Ooh, um, really? Yeah. How did that go? Yeah. It went well. I, I do wish I would have wore it with headphones, because I think, I, and y'all yes. can tell me how you felt about the actual sound design in it. Um, but uh, I will say one thing. If you plan on playing some Steam Deck, would recommend it, but use the... Uh, the Tacoma profile for graphical settings or else your Steam Deck will literally die in 45 minutes. Wow. This thing pulls so much juice in like normal uh, settings that like, please just change the settings. But it was very good. Did y'all play on PC or some other way? I played on PC. Um, Yeah, I think I played via Steam. Um, Had headphones on. Really enjoyed the sound design. Um felt good felt like a game that i could very easily hop in and spend 30 minutes or or less um get a little bit of the story done and move on and at the same point i felt like i could just sit down and spend two hours if i wanted i think i completed this game in like two and a half hours just shy of three mm-hmm. yeah i think it was 215 for me so right I'm, on I'm pretty similar right around there um also pc um, I think I played it in like two two sessions and completed it. 
Um, and yeah, the sound sound design was nice because you could hear as like two characters were walking away from the from the room where they're all at. You can kind of hear their conversation trailing off, and you're like, oh, and you hear like a last little bit of what they're saying, and you're like, wait, what? What was what was that? And they, you kind of want to follow them. Um, so yeah, it kind of helped like localize where people were and where they were going, and like um, yeah, it was good. Not nothing like mind blowing, but like it was it well executed. Um, should we talk about some of the other things that came out around Tacoma, just so people remember exactly what came out around this game? Mike, do you want to lead that? Yeah. Um, so this game came out in 2017, which was a banger year for games. I feel like mm-hmm. we we talk about this anytime we play a game that came out in 2017, but like that's the year of Nier Automata, a game we recently played, uh, Super Mario Odyssey, Breath of the Wild, Night in the Woods, Horizon Zero Dawn. This game in particular came out in August. So Fortnite came out in July, and then come September, the BR comes out. So this oh, was wow. like just before the wave of the world is only talking about Fortnite. Um, <laughs> it also came out around the same time as Mario and Rabbit's Kingdom Battle, XCOM nice. 2, or of the Chosen. And then I think for our audience, or at least the Discord, very specifically, uh, Yakuza Kiwami and Life is Strange <laughs> Before the Storm. Um, two games that also came out around this. So, yeah, there was a lot that came out when this was coming out, and it does not surprise me that it did not sell as well as Gone Home. Yeah. Even though More I think games. it's a great game. Uh, I'd like to read off one review uh, from Destructoid that I think summarizes our thoughts pretty well. Um and then we can move on to our final thoughts in the game. Tacoma isn't for everyone. Though short, it's meditative and methodical. It's a game for the quiet explorer and the empathetic. There's no major action or combat, no perplexing puzzles or fail states. Instead, Tacoma gives players a masterfully crafted setting and encourages them to find what made the people who once called it home tick. Life, even among the stars, can be mundane and familiar, but Tacoma's presentation is nothing short of spectacular. I think that's a great summary. I feel Mm -hmm. like... Out of all the reviews that I looked at after playing it, that's the one that I kind of felt spoke the most to my experience. Where it's like, there are moments in this game that are spectacular. It's overall really great, but it's not something that I'm chasing everyone down and saying, you must play this. Yeah. yeah. There, uh, there are some other critiques, that uh, some other uh, reviews that had... Um, kind of similar critiques to what I said earlier of like, ah, something about it wasn't quite enough as far as the story. But uh, but yeah, most of them are pretty glowing. And I, I agree with everything in that in that review, especially um, talking about like empathy, which I mean, is a big thing in video games in general is that you empathize with characters that um, you get to know. Um, but yes, I feel like that is one of the main uh, aspects, emotional aspects of this game is like you empathizing with all these different people and all their different issues and and uh, conflicts. And despite this one being five years old at this point, I think graphically it it's still like it, the the art style is timeless mm-hmm. and it's even though you're like in the in the the dark quiet space, uh, I think it's still beautiful and I think it's like it's really nice to be it's really nice to live in. And then beyond that, um, despite the characters like essentially being like really fancy AR stick figures. I think that they still managed to convey a lot with their kind of limited, um, limited pixels, if you will. Yeah. All this does is make me really excited for Carla Zimonja's next game. Um, they're now the narrative lead at Ivy road. 
Um, they're doing a game with um, uh, with Annapurna Interactive that's being published Your by Annapurna. Favorite. My favorite, uh, you know, Annapurna bangers only. Uh, if you want to go back and have a, a trip down memory minutes. road, memory lane, go in our podcast feed. We interviewed Carla literally like episode single digits. They were very lovely, gave us the time and the interview. Probably good, but I, I don't know. It might be cringe. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I remember. They were very lovely. Her, yeah, being fantastic. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm excited about. Any final thoughts before we close? I no. don't think so. I think I, I think I said everything, all my feelings. I think I laid out all my feelings. And yeah, I would agree. All the, the, the little pixel stick figures, you get your shrugs. You get your like them hugging each other. You get all the emotions out of those stick figures that you need. They, they did really yeah. well with, with a, not a lot. I mean, the cat is fully modeled, but like. Yes. Because, well, yeah. Whatever. It's a cat. He's house cat. All right, y'all. That was our thoughts on Tacoma. A uh, bit of a shorter episode for this week. But if you like the show, do us a f- couple favors. One, if you're listening and you're not following us on whatever podcast service you're on, shame on you. Please do that now. Uh, and if you haven't given us a five-star review, uh, we appreciate that very much. If it's four stars, please don't. Uh, <laughs> you can find all things Left Behind Game Club at leftbehindgame.club that's our website you can find the discord at leftbehindgame.club slash discord and you can find us on twitter at leftbehindclub and on instagram at, at leftbehindgameclub again this podcast is now on Amazon Music so uh, make sure to check that out if you listen to your music on Amazon uh, there's a, a bunch of great podcasts on there too so please check it out uh, Mike where can the folks find you on the interwebs the fine folks can find me at Ruffalo M on most social places online or in the discord server by going to leftbehindgame.club slash discord um, or at my personal website michaelruffalo.com or .ca because I got that URL for branding baby love it Katie I'm not fancy like Mike I don't have my personal website but you can find me on Twitter I'm Les Bragg L-E-S-P-E-R-A-K uh, and I'm in the Discord quite a bit. So, uh, yeah, you can find me there. Love it. Uh, you can find me on all major social media platforms at Jacob McCourt, J-A-C-O-B-M-C-C-O-U-R-T. I launched a new thing. Uh, if you go to thegamingbrief.ca, uh, I'm going to write about games again. So I've published my first review about Pentiment, uh, which is a great new title from Obsidian. It's on Xbox Game Pass. It's a 16th century adventure RPG hybrid that is absolutely worth your time. And I've also got a review up there for Mario and Rabbids Sparks of Hope, which I also loved. Um, you can, again, find that at thegamingbrief.ca. Uh, that's all we've got for now. So, Michael, why don't you close the show with those oh-so-famous words? And that, my friends, is one less game left behind. Hey, I'm Jacob McCord. I'm Katie Lesbrance. And I'm Travis Colnett. We are hosting a brand new podcast called Cutscenes. There are tons of video game podcasts and tons of TV film podcasts, but we're going to bring you the intersection of both and talk about video game, movies, and TV. I know what you're thinking. Aren't most of them not very good? Wrong. Some of them are fine. And we're going to tell you all about them. Make sure to subscribe on your podcasting platform of choice. Follow us on Twitter at Cutscenes underscore pod. And most importantly, give us a listen. See you soon. Cutscenes, a video game movie podcast.